This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 2, Eastleigh 1. And as Roger Daltrey says, meet the new season, same as the old season. Wrexham showed a familiar mixture of quality and heart to come out with three points from this opening game of the season. Just like we did throughout last season. The class was given, well, particularly by Elliot Lee, who came off the bench to have an absolutely magnificent debut. But it wasn't just him, of course. Wrexham kept their cool. And it felt quite odd, I've got to be honest, to be watching a Wrexham team of less than 20 minutes left who were losing and having a just pretty confident sense that we would win this game. That's what the Wrexham team has given to us from last season. An unshakable faith, both amongst themselves and amongst the fans, who stick with them brilliantly all through this match, that we will get through eventually. Elliot Lee is just the icing on the cake. So to start off, Phil Parkinson began his second season in charge of Wrexham with the sides that beat Macclesfield in our pre-season friendly last Saturday, which is no huge surprise. Jordan Davis and Elliot Lee on the bench because both of them had had injuries in our rather short pre-season and were lacking match fitness and sharpness. The bench in general told the story. Rory Watson was there, having been brought in hurriedly as a, a temporary fix after Wrexham lost Christian Dibble to injury at Carnarvon. And apart from Lee and Davis, there were, of course, two potential debutants in Benjamin Mondi and Sam Dolby. The Wrexham side that was selected started well and looked confident. Eastleigh have brought in some interesting players, but they really underperformed last season, and one would assume their first priority is just to make sure they don't get relegated. And they immediately came looking like a side who firstly didn't want to concede unnecessarily they were keeping it extremely tight um, but they weren't terribly adventurous first chance Wrexham had was in the 11th minute oh and the irony began Ben Tozer with a long throw-in Aaron Hayden leaping typically but it came more off his shoulder than anything else bounced loose Mullen hit a shot which was blocked why is that ironic well their last pre-season game for Eastleigh, that was organised against a side with a long throw because they wanted to condition themselves and deal with Toza's long throw-ins. Well, they just about dealt with that one, and three minutes later, they scored with a long throw-in. It was not a great moment, in all honesty. Panther flinging the ball in, Mark Howard got underneath it, could only get a hand to it, and Langston lunged to poke the ball into the net. And There's no way of dressing this up. It was an error by Mark Howard. Let's not jump to judgment on him, because it's his first match, and all goalkeepers make mistakes. But I think he got a little bit tied up with the fact that Tristan Abrahams, the striker for Eastleigh, was standing in front of him, and I think he became a little bit fixated with making sure he was in front of Abrahams, and then when the throw-in came in... He realised he'd actually got too close to the ball. He got underneath it and it soared over his head. He could only paw at it and Langston lunged in to finish the job. So Wrexham, a goal behind. Now credits to Wrexham, and we did see this a lot last season, going behind was not a huge concern. There was still a lot of time left in the match and Wrexham resumed where they left off. However, Eastleigh were now inspired by the fact that they'd actually got a goal. I mean, they'd come thinking that a nil-nil would be fine and anything else they could snatch would be lovely. And now all of a sudden, they had the advantage and they really had an incentive to battle against us. And 
in the first half, I thought that their organisation and defence was good. They played a sort of broken team. So five at the back, which really sort of did become five at the back. The two wing-backs never went forwards at the same time. Uh, Cissé sat in front of them, a massive, destructive midfielder. And then the two other midfielders and their two strikers were given leave to push up and press Wrexham a bit. But Wrexham could pass through that press quite easily and as a result had complete control of possession, complete control of midfield. But because he didn't drop off too deep in the first half, it was difficult to create chances apart from um, set pieces. And Che Long, my co-commentator on Wrexham Blair, uh, constantly repeated the point that they got their game plan right, that this was a good template of how to play against Wrexham. And I agree. Uh, they were well organised. Individuals did their jobs well at the back. Harper at left wing back was excellent and they caused problems. They were also unbelievably cynical and Scott Jackson the referee well made a rod for his own back you all know I gripe about it all the time this notion that in the first half hour you're just not going to book anybody I don't get it a foul is a foul is a foul there's nothing in the rules saying let people off at the first half hour Eastley were very very cynical and as not for the first time it's got to be said and I think they saw quite quickly that Scott Jackson wasn't going to be giving cards out early on and took that as a carte blanche to really double down and make sure that they were cynical throughout. Um, I think they paid for that in the second half, but more of that later. But in the first half, there were a lot of tactical fouls. There was a terrific amount of time wasting. As early as the sixth minute, they took ages over a throw-in and then left it to a different person. Uh, there was a lot of play-acting as well, going down, asking for the treatment, or, as I'll get to in a moment, going down, trying to get a Wrexham player sent off. It was unpleasant, and it wasn't until nearly half an hour was gone that the first yellow card was shown. And I think maybe Scott Jackson, the referee, regretted that. Like I said, more of that in the second half. But Wrexham, like I said, kept their cool, but found it hard to break down this organised rear guard. McFadgen sweeping in across to the far post, an absolute beauty. And there was Ford on his debut attacking it. Harper did brilliantly to get between man and ball. He's not as big a man as Ford and get contact on it, but he inadvertently looped it over his goalkeeper with his miscontacted uh, header. It floated over him, and Martin, the central centre-back, did brilliantly to get back and somehow head the ball over his own bar, even though he was pretty much on his own line. Then came a blow to Wrexham. Tom O'Connor's quality of passing was always going to be useful in breaking down a team like Eastleigh, but he took a, a knock from a challenge by Cissé and had to go off i hopefully it's just a dead leg or something like that and he'll be back in contention quickly jordan davis then had to come on as early as the 19th minute and davis had an excellent game he was constantly driving forwards constantly trying to make things happen and well he certainly looks match sharp i've got to say elliot lee is the other one who we were concerned about with match sharpness and he had no problem but davis's first contribution was an excellent ball over the top nearly sent mullen one-on-one -on -one with the keeper mcconnell just managed to get off his line in time and beat the wrexham striker to it then there was some skullduggery from eastley we'd already seen brendan camp their right wing back barge into two wrexham players the ref didn't penalize either challenge ball went out for a throw camp clattered into the second Wrexham player he barged into, Callum McFadgen, and then as McFadgen tried to get up, Camp clamped his legs onto McFadgen so that McFadgen couldn't get free. McFadgen tried to pull his leg away, and 
in doing so, gave Camp an opportunity to pretend he'd been stamped on. The referee, I think, saw through it all. To be fair, he seemed to give Camp a real dressing down. Although, admittedly, he didn't do anything when Camp unbelievably did the same thing against McFadden two minutes later. But the tone had been set. And a really unpleasant incident then happened between the target man, Danny Whitehall, and Ben Tozer, where Tozer dealt with things. Whitehall ended up dumped on the floor because Tozer was too strong for him in the penalty area. After the ball had gone, Whitehall lashed out at Tozer who ill-advisedly turned round and retaliated. However, he retaliated with a sort of chest-to-chest movement, and Whitehall flung himself to the floor, holding his face, pretending he'd been butted, and hoping to con the referee and get a red card for Toza. Now, to the credit of the referee, when it happened, he was turning around looking at it, and he pointed at it, but carried on playing, saying, I saw that, and clearly not seeing it as a red card, because if he had, he'd have stopped play then and sent Tozer off. Although he did then stop Wrexham's move, just as they were about to deliver a ball into the box in a really good position, which annoyed the crowd, and quite frankly, rightly annoyed the crowd, because really, he should have carried on. Uh, by this point, Whitehall was starting to get to his feet. So there was something of a sour taste as the game was developing. Wrexham continued to push on, Young sweeping in a corner, Palmer getting up well but planting his header just wide of the right-hand post. The subsequent goal kick was wonderful because as McConnell, for the unteamed time, wasted time over it, the Wrexham fans started to count how many seconds he'd taken. They got up to 24. They kept doing this for quite a while as well in the match. That's the most they got to, but they were regularly getting up to 20. I think that might have just made a bit of a point to the referee. It was a brilliant work by the fans. Wrexham had one more chance in added time the fourth minute of added time in the first half another young corner swept in again palmer won the header again didn't quite get the contact he wanted and the ball glanced off his head across the face and just wide at the far post up mulling him lunging in looking to prod it into an empty net and hit the deck and was screaming for a penalty and i've got to say having looked at the replays i think he had a strong case he was in front of an open goal He'd have had to stretch to get there, but there was definitely an arm grabbing him. Now, whether he accentuated the contact or not, it's one of those where when when a defender sticks their arm out to grab somebody who's about to score, uh, they're asking to be penalised, aren't they? Uh, It would have been a red as well if the ref had given it, because it wasn't a tackle. But anyway, the ref didn't give it. I think he was mistaken and at half-time Wrexham were behind. Now, Wrexham came out aggressively. Within a minute, and Mullen had gone close. Davis again carrying the ball forwards well, feeding him on the edge of the D. We've seen him do this before. He shifted it out onto his right foot and just tied a delicate little curler into the top right corner. Keeper was unsighted and wasn't able to get to it, and it just grazed the bar. Then Jordan Davis had a free kick, which he drilled in, and McCallum lunged to his right and pushed it behind for a corner. I think McCallum was quite intelligent. It was certainly in shooting range, but he only had a three-man wall. You normally, with Jordan Davis especially, have more men in the wall than that. But having that small wall allowed McConnell to see the ball early. He took a maybe more central position than he normally would because he felt he could react either way, and he got down to behind the wall on the right-hand side and pushed it away. The corner was swept in and led to a massive scramble which ended with the ball coming out to the edge of the box and Jones's shot being really well blocked and then Jones had to make way now James Jones had put in a good shift in midfield but we needed a bit more inspiration and so the turning point of the match 63rd minute 
on for his debut came Elliot Lee and immediately he was looking threatening now I've got to I've got to hold my hands up here I'm a little naturally prejudiced against tricky wingers I just worry that they look fancy but they have no end product but if you're watching the video you can see uh, just next to me there a picture of Lee putting in a cross and this is the instance I'm, I'm aiming up to the first time Lee got the ball almost immediately after he'd come on he span nicely beat his man he actually lost the ball but it ricocheted to mullen who did ever so well to beat two men running through the middle now i've got to emphasize easterly very crowded at the back and he never really had control it wasn't really skill that was beating them it was sheer determination and then off balance on the edge of the area stabbed a shot which he couldn't put on target but it was good spirit it was good heart and Lee had got into a dangerous position and Lee continued to look threatening um, the first time he ran at a man he did an awful lot of changes of direction and then didn't really get anywhere and I thought oh, okay please don't be one of these guys who's a bit of a show pony looks all fancy but is there any end product well the second time that he got the ball and did tried this was the picture I was referring to a moment ago he broke down the left I was going one way then the other one way then the other bamboozled the full back and then burst past him and still up a glorious cross to the far post which palmer headed wide from the corner of the six yard box he probably should have done better there was also a scramble in the goal mouth which lee ended with a powerful shot which was blocked but lee had brought a little bit extra that little x factor and Wrexham was starting to look threatening he's, he's two-footed and he can go either way past a man and all of a sudden camp was panicking not sure exactly how to handle him when he broke down the flank Wrexham readied another substitution Jacob Mondi to come on for Callum McFadgen but as he waited to come on for his debut Wrexham got the equaliser and McFadgen got a, a stay of execution not least because he played a, a part in the goal there was a lovely move down the left started off by Ollie Palmer just driving determinedly down the flank drawing men to him he was completely outnumbered down a cul-de-sac but not only did he relieve pressure on Wrexham but he really did well to refuse to lose the ball and battle away he held her up and then he started to link with Lee and with McFadgen. The passing on the left was excellent. The movement was excellent. McFadgen fizzed in an excellently weighted high pace ball to really move things forwards into the box. Palmer receiving the ball with his back to the corner flag looked to be making his way out of the area then cutely back heeled it to Lee on the overlap and Lee, oh, what a finish. I mean, I've got to be honest, it's such a sharp finish that when I watched the replay, I didn't expect it to go in, and I thought there was another touch, but there wasn't. And that's the whole point. It was back heel to him, and from about 15 yards out, very wide on the left, he just ripped a wonderful curler beyond the keeper and inside the far post. It wasn't snugly inside the far post, but it didn't have to be because he took it so early. Like I say, when I watched the replay, I didn't expect it to hit it, even though I knew he was going to. I thought he would take another touch. The keeper's not had a chance to set himself. Lee knows this, and he knows if he takes it early like that and gets it outside the keeper, he's probably not going to be reacting time. Not just a beautiful goal in terms of technique, but a fantastic goal in terms of awareness in the penalty area. And players who are that aware in the penalty area, of course, are worth their weight in goal. Wrexham continued to push on, looking for the winner. 
There was one nerve-wracking moment, actually, although it didn't count in the end when a shot by Abrams slammed against a post and there was a terrific scramble in the goal mouth, but the flag was up before Abrams shot. It was a tight call, but it meant none of it actually mattered. Monty did come on for McFadgen and looked lively, and then in the 85th minute, Wrexham got the reward. Again, patient build-up play, again, confident passing, playing the ball to crowded areas. In the second half, Eastleigh, until this point, had really sat deep, unlike in the first half, too deep, I would argue. They left two men up this time, and the midfield basically were just an auxiliary line in front of the defence. It was like defence against attack for long periods, and they defended with discipline. Again, Che called them the orange wall, and that was a good description of them. They really stood up to the task and, and, and battled and defended bravely, got their blocks in. But... In the end, once Lee had come on, a player with a bit of craft who could, in a small space, cause damage, they were done for because they were sitting deep and waiting for him to do something. Uh, this was a lovely move, nice snappy passing. It ended with an excellent pass by Mullen, only a short pass, but an accurate one from the edge of the D to, Mul to Lee about 10 yards out, who pinned his man, made a bit of space, and then drilled it past McConnell, who, in all honesty, if he'd stood up, would have saved it but to be honest as well he'd seen what lee could do he knew that lee was uh unpredictable and he gambled a bit to go to his left and he was wrong and lee slammed in what would turn out to be the winner i said about the referee making a playing a role well this is where he did there were some wonderful little moments here one of eastley's time-wasting stunts was abram after the goal just making his way to the corner flag and walking very slowly to the halfway line just to make sure that the restart was massively delayed. So imagine everyone's delight when Ollie Palmer did exactly the same thing after Rexmer got the second goal. He took an eternity to get to the halfway line. Took a good minute out of the game. There was a substitution at the same time. Brilliantly, he stopped when there was a substitution. Uh, there was also, and I didn't see this, my sons told me about this, uh, a nice uh, bit of time-wasting by Tozer afterwards, who went down off the ball, and then when he saw the reference lock and jumped straight back up again, Eastley were getting done to them at the end what they'd been doing for the entire match, and it was deeply satisfying to see that form of revenge. There was also a comical moment where Mullen went down claiming he had cramp. Now, in the second half, the Eastley players have been constantly going down claiming they had cramp. And... This is where I think, to be honest, I think the ref had learned his lesson from the first half. He'd allowed them to have a bit of leeway to be cynical. But I think he realised that they were taking the mick out of him. And in the second half, he was a lot less lenient with them. They were constantly dropping to the floor, claiming cramp. And he wouldn't let the physio on for any of them. He just told them to get up and get on with it. I think he felt they'd made a bit of a fool of him, and he wasn't going to let them do it again. And in the second half, I think he controlled things very well. It was quite amusing that when Mullen went down with cramp, the referee came across and treated him himself, grabbing his leg and pushing his toes. And it was just great. The referee almost in on the joke of, yeah, I'm not going to book you. You're doing what they did. I'll let you off. And maybe for me, the most decisive piece of evidence that the referee had seen through Eastley and decided they weren't going to make fools of him was that he only added four minutes on at the end. Now, you know, if I had more time, I'd just go through that second half of the stopwatch and see how much time Eastley actually wasted, because it would have been a considerable amount of time. Yes, he only had four minutes on. And let's be honest, we went ahead of, in the 85th minute, and we then started really wasting time. I thought he was going to add about eight minutes on. 
And I genuinely think the referee felt Easter made him look foolish. He wasn't going to let him get away with it. And once they'd gone behind, he thought, well, Eastley wasted that time. I'm not going to give it back to them. Probably four minutes is the least I can get away with. I'll just say that. It was way under what it should have been. But I think a little bit of subtle referee's revenge there, which which helped rack them out. Although, to be fair, we had no problem seeing the game out. Eastley had only really created one chance from that long throw and that came from a defensive error they didn't have much up front and as a result Wrexham comfortably held out in the end for that 2-1 win a, a smashing result because it's just always good to get a result on the open day doesn't matter if you have to fight for it or not you just got to get it individual performances well Howard had an unfortunate debut of course he made that mistake he fumbled one in the second half as well um, and he also dropped across when he was fouled he definitely was smashed into I just worry that that added to the sort of narrative of he's fumbling the ball and the fact is that he couldn't help dropping it the third time. But there's a little narrative there that he's he's going to have to overcome. The Wrexham fans, you could hear, were a bit uneasy when his handling wasn't quite right. So he's an experienced keeper and a good signing, I think. But he, I think he just has to get over that hump and show the Wrexham fans what he can actually do. Across the back... Three centre-backs all were excellent. Aaron Hayden, a number of times, extinguished threats before it could really develop. Toza was comfortable in the middle of the three. Made a couple of errors early on, actually, but soon was was back to being strong and reliable. Clueth was superb, I thought, again. I mean, he's got pressure on his position from Jordan Tunnicliffe, but he looked excellent. He really was strong in a challenge. Whitehall, a target man, I think, like so many teams have, tried to target him. Clueth dominated him in the end. Whitehall was taken off a good distance before the end. So, yeah, really impressive from him. On the flanks, Anthony Ford, I thought, had a tidy game. I would have liked maybe to have seen him take on the fullback Harper a little bit more. To be fair, I think maybe Harper was Eastley's best player, though. He did exceptionally well on the left-hand side, so maybe Ford's a little unlucky. Uh, on the left, Callum McFadgen, I thought, had a very good game, actually. He was solid defensively. He brought the ball forwards effectively as well. Um, Mondi came on, I think, just because the guy could really attack. So it made sense to have him on at a point where we're trying to grab a winner. But I thought McFadden had a solid game. In midfield, again, like I said, James Jones put in this excellent shift that he always does, but maybe we need a little bit more creativity, and it was a good move to bring Leon when we did. Luke Young did really well again, always in the middle of everything, again anchoring that midfield and, and getting involved and linking things up. And then Tom O'Connor, well, didn't get much of a chance to get into the game before he was injured, sadly, and let's hope he's okay. And then up front, well, Mullen had a bit of a frustrating afternoon. He, he didn't really get the chance to influence the game as much as he'd like to. He maybe could have won a penalty. He was had a couple of half chances, but he was there when we needed him. He was there to play that neat little ball into the box for the the second goal. And he was working as hard as ever. So fair play to Mullen. Didn't quite fall for him, but he still showed his worth. And Palmer, I thought, especially as the game developed in the second half, was very influential. Held the ball up well, fought for the ball well. That battle of attrition wearing down the centre-backs and just forcing them deeper and deeper. Because ultimately, it was Eastley's dropping deep in the second half, I think, that really won the game and allowed Lee the platform to perform from. And his carrying of the ball for that first goal was excellent. When Lee came on, he he was a bit like when Glenn Little used to come on for Wrexham and players wanted to play with him, and Palmer was central to that. It was very good. 
off the bench like I said Davis was excellent he did really well he was very influential Lee won the match Mundy looked lively he didn't have much time to, to show anything an excellent result an excellent win and Wrexham yeah, we've started as we mean to go on we've never won our first two games in a National League be brilliant if we could break that record and then go on to make this our last season in a National League wouldn't it with a final score of Wrexham 2 Eastley 1 I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC this is the final whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team